that they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters. Neither did they say, Where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord. And against your children's children, I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coast of Cyprus and see, send to Kedar and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word. We ask you for the revelation and the wisdom of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, dear God, once again for allowing us to be part of history in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say, history repeats itself. Say it a little louder. History repeats itself. Those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it again. Period. As we were reading Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, we are seeing a clear picture of what's taking place here today in America. Many of us are ignoring the signs, but the clock is ticking. And God is speaking to each and every one of us directly, some way, some shape, some form, somehow. Many of you have not gone to sleep. Because the Spirit of the Lord is waking you up. Some of you feel unease. Some of you have been feeling unrested. Some of you have been tested. And God is saying, I am coming soon. It is time for you to put away all those evil deeds. All those false gods that you have placed before me. What false gods? The things you entertain. But you say, I don't have no false gods. I don't entertain any idols. Facebook can be an idol. YouTube could be an idol. CNN could be an idol. Everything that you trust and you look forward before God is an idol. Your car, your house, your husband, your kids, your parents, your neighbors, all of the things, even your job. People will skip church and skip on God to be at work. When God is the provider of all things. Now I know that I'm coming very rough. But this is a reality. If you do not repent from your wicked ways. And that includes me. There might be wicked ways in me that I am not aware of. But I pray every day that God will examine me through his x-ray lenses. And take out of me all the things that he hates about me. Whether I love it or not. A life in heaven and a life and eternal hell will be the ultimate consequence. God is speaking to each and every one of us in this time in life right now that we're currently in. 
God brings up his case against Israel. And he charges them with many things. But when you look at the story, it's a story of a relationship that came together in a marriage form of covenant. And here, the children of God are playing the harlot, are being unfaithful in their relationship with God. And God is saying to them, have I forgotten you? Have I forgotten the fathers that once served me? Have I forgotten? Have I let you down? Then why you treat me this way? Why do you fall asleep when you're praying? Why do you come to church with your heart half made up, thinking about what you're going to do after church, not knowing that maybe after church might be your last day? And that's how we treat God in more ways than one. We complain and we remain in the same mindset, captive to the things that are not of God. When God has set you free in more ways than one. Now let me tell you something. You're here and you're blessed. But there are many people right now that will give everything in their life just to have your eyesight. Just to hear again. Just to walk again. Just to talk again. They don't have that opportunity. Many of them are dead. Regretting the moment they said no to God. And yes to their sins. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 11. The Lord is speaking to the children of Israel. Now for 42 years. Jeremiah is preaching the same message. 42 years. What's the message? Repent. 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 What is the newscast? Repent. And for 42 years. It fell on deaf ears. But one day, the prophecy came to pass. When God begins to warn you as an individual, as a person, it's because He has His best interest and His best intent for you. And He's letting you know something's about to go down. I need to save you from yourself. It is time for you to reconsider those thoughts and those ways that you're currently having. I know that you've been playing the harlot. I know that you haven't been right. I'm not judging you based on those things, but I'm judging you on the sin of today. You see, one of the things that I love about God is that God forgives us. But also God corrects us in more ways than one. And here, Jeremiah finds himself in this ministry. Now, Jeremiah began his ministry during the reign of Josiah. Now, Josiah was eight years old. He was the youngest king in the history of Israel. At the age of eight, he begins to reign as king. And the first thing that Josiah says, I want to seek the God of my fathers. And I want to rewrite history by making history. And Jeremiah begins to prophesy. And, and, and the children of God begin to look for the things of God. They begin to heal. They begin to forgive. They begin to let go. They begin to do a lot of things that they were not used to doing. And the Lord begins to work with the nation. The Lord begins to heal the nation. The Lord begins to do good works. And all of a sudden, King Josiah dies. 
And the children of the Lord go back to their wicked ways. And then four kings follow after that. And they continue on their same wicked path. Now one of the things that I got to reassure you as church. Please continue doing what God has called you to do. Do never give up or dismay on it. Do never get to a place in your life where you say, no, I think I have reached a point where I don't need to pray like I used to pray. I don't need to read like I used to read. I don't need to have the devotion with God because everything is okay. Let me tell you something. When everything is okay, it's not okay. The Bible says that the devil is like a serpent. And the serpent... It's a unique creature because you can't hear it and you can't see it depending on its skin tone. It camouflages, but it is alive and ready to eat its prayer that falls asleep. And many of us today are falling asleep. We're in a nation right now that's divided in half and many of us are looking forward to sleep. Not knowing that any given moment, the whole ship is about to go down. And you say, wow, 42 years was a long time. Let me tell you something. Maybe this time God is speaking to us clearly, not by 42 years, maybe by 42 months. 42 weeks. 42 days. Or 42 hours. Depending on where you're at, the clock is ticking. Don't let it be too late before everything falls down. And you realize that you had the opportunity to change history, but you didn't. God gives us the spirit of discernment, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to guide us so that we can make better decisions. Because the situations of today will be the problems of tomorrow. The things that are not addressed today will one day address us in the future when we least expect it. And that's one thing that I'm not ready for. Are you hearing me? So as a person, I continue to seek God because I don't want to come out of character the day the enemy comes to attack me. So that I be reminded on my day of trouble that God is the one who's faithful enough to see me through it. But the problem with the church of today is that we don't know God. We're a church of lights and music and feel good messages. And we are forgetting that God is a God of covenant. God is not your mistress. God is not a groupie. God is a God of order. That's why the Bible tells us time after time, it is better for you not to know me than to know me and know what's coming your way. Are you hearing me, church? Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah is considered, by words, the longest book in Hebrew and Greek. It has over 33,002 words. The longest book by word in Greek and in Hebrew. Those who study Bible write that down. That's very important because 80% of the book talks about judgment. 
You only hear people quoting Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah 33. Quote the whole book, please. The terms and conditions. My brother, my sister, the terms and conditions. The Bible says if you turn from your wicked ways, I will even save your children. That's a promise. Now you might say, Pastor, what am I doing that is not pleasing God? Your thoughts. The thoughts that you entertain. You know, the devil told me the other day, I was, I was, I, I was, I was doing something. And, I, and usually when I'm by myself and I'm doing something, that's the time when the Lord speaks to me in more ways than one. But this time I had a, a visitation from the devil. And the devil said to me, if you serve me, I will deliver you from your trouble today. And you know what I said to the devil? I didn't even entertain that thought. I said, I will never serve you. You can go to hell back with that because not here. You're not welcome here. You're, God's been too good to me to allow one situation to derail me. Uh-uh. I, I might be on a stop right now, but you know what? The train is still moving and I'm on the train and I ain't getting off track regardless of what's going on. I don't care what you say. I don't care what she thinks. I don't care what he thinks. It's what God said. And we are not reminded of that in our days of trouble because we think that our days of trouble are supposed to last forever. But let me tell you something. The sun has to come out one day. It might be rainy today. It might be gloomy today. Things ain't right. Your house might be messed up. But I know a healer. I know a God that is faithful to restore everything. If you recognize. If you recognize as an individual that you need him. And he doesn't need you. The approach that we have with God at times is an entitlement approach. God, you promised me. You told me. And that's the attitude that gets us in trouble. I thank God that God is not the same God he was in the Old Testament. You would have been smoked. Thank God for the mercy. Thank God for the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you, you couldn't even say that and God would have never smoked you. Amen? Woo! God is good. Give God a round of applause. You must understand that your relationship with God has nothing to do with your relationship with your pastor or your church. Don't try to impress me. Because you could fool me. But with God, you can't. Because God sees things that you don't even see about yourself. You could blame whoever you want to blame, but at the end of the day, you're responsible for you. I'm just being real with it. The more I get to know God, the more he just peels things off of me. He just peels things off of me. He peels things off of me. And, and I love the way he does it because he does me like nobody else can do me. Because he not only peels them back, he also heals me in the process. He just don't throw stones and then just throw salt. Remember when we were kids, we, we, when we were growing up, we used to get in trouble with our parents. They used to tell us to get the weapon that they were going to attack us with. And then they had the nerves to say, Quédate quieto, be still. You crazy? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? You're hitting me and you're telling me to be still? And, and if I don't stop, you're going to keep on? There's no deal breaker. Thank God that God is not like that. My God. Some of our parents, 
had no mercy. Then they had the nurse to say, why are you crying? What do you mean you're crying? You're hurting me. God is good. God is faithful. In order to repent, truly, it requires obedience. It requires for you to be obedient to the word of God. This has nothing to do with feelings or emotions. And sometimes we think, oh, if I feel a certain way, maybe that's the day. Let me tell you something. That is a lie of the devil. Because when you think that you are, you're really not. That's why it flatters me how ministers or people in church have a big self-esteem of themselves if they only knew that they're just puffed with air. It's like the bag of chips that you buy. It's like a huge bag, like the size of a pillow. And when you open it, it's half air. Like that's a robbery. I always had a problem with that. Especially with the bag of chips that says 25% more free. Free what? Free air? Or buy one and get one. No, I actually bought one and I got the other half of the first one that I bought. It should be labeled as that, right? It's like robbery, right? And then the store owner, I'm not the manufacturer. I'm not the manufacturer. You know, you need to take it up upon them. Yeah, sure. Amen. Sin requires two things. Repentance and restoration. Obedience will lead to blessings and joy. But in the church of today, there's a spirit of error. And the church of today doesn't understand that the spirit of error is it's robbing them of the truth. In other words, what's right is wrong, wrong is right, good is bad, and bad is good. Let me tell you something. If you're cheating on your wife or on your husband, you are an adulterer, period. If you are lying, you are a liar. There's no gray area in between. And the messages of today are empowering the outer man instead of the inner man. And you are a reflection of your heart. You can dress anyone to the T. But in reality, the real them will come out in the time of trouble. Are you hearing me, church? John chapter, first of John chapter four, verse six talks about the spirit of error. And it's also a falsehood uh, spirit, a spirit of deception, a spirit of deceit and a spirit of lie. That's when the truth is mixed in with a lie and you begin to believe those lies and you give life to those lies, even though you know that those lies are not true. You begin to say, no, God understands. God knows what I'm going through. I, 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 I right now am not in my rightful state. So I'm going to drink until it becomes another day. And I will listen to Nipsey until I get tipsy. And God is looking at you like, you a fool. Your shortcomings have nothing to do with my order. In other words, what I have established is going to remain, whether you like it or not. 
Isn't it hard when you go into the prayer room? How many of you are prayer warriors that you go into the prayer room and you go in there with your mind made up, right? You go in there and you're like, God, I'm about to let it all out. Oh, I'm about to name everybody and anybody. And when you get into that prayer room, the Lord says, I've been waiting for you. And he begins to reveal you. And then you're trying to get out of the prayer room. Am I the only one? And the Lord says, go in the shower because I'm going to talk to you in the shower. Go to the basement. I'm going to talk to you in the basement. Go outside. I'm going to talk to you. Go back to sleep. Close the windows. Bring down the blinds. Make it dark because I'm going to be the light. Isn't that annoying? Like, oh, okay, I get it. Speak to me. What's going on? You, you, you. You, 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 you. What I love about when God says you, he's really saving you from you. Look how faithful God is. That in the midst of it all, it's all for you when you really think about it. He's saving you from you. Have you ever been in a situation that you know could end up in more ways than one worse? And all of a sudden, God just saved you from that situation? And you said to yourself, oh my God, this could have been the end of me. Some way, somehow, in a mysterious way, he made a way where there was no way and he came to me. Because God is interested in that inner person he created you to be. You see, the devil's trying to destroy you with lies. The devil's after you, telling you that you know good. The devil's after you, making you think about things that you did in the past that God has already set you free from. I remember the other day, uh, I, was, I was doing something. All of a sudden, I started thinking about things that I did back in 1997. And I was like, dang, that was a long time. That's when I had the S curl, you know, the Jerry curl. I had on my FUBU jeans. No, there wasn't FUBU back then. It was Paco. You know what I'm saying? You know, Miss Ruth, you know what I'm talking about, what Chris was trying to be like when he was in his diapers and I was out there with showing my other side of the diapers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and God delivered you from that. But your enemy is yourself because whatever you believe will one day consume you to the point that you will lose sight of who you are. Now, let me tell you something. We can't go back, but we can't change today for the better. You get what I'm saying? There's people right now that can't do that. It's over for them. You got to think about all the people you came across and you balance them now and half of them are gone and you still here. And you still here. Are you hearing me, church? But the spirit of error has allowed us to see another side that really wasn't intended for us to begin with. For example, we begin to believe that God is okay with your okay. God is not okay with your okay. Everything that I do, especially in business deals, I inquire of the Lord. Because he knows best. God, help me. You, you see, we get into relationships with people. And we get into things that don't benefit us at the long, in the long run. They don't. And we know that. The crazy thing is that we know that. And when stuff hits the fan, what do you say to yourself? I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew 
she wasn't good. I knew he wasn't good. I knew I shouldn't have got myself in that. I knew any better because I'm stupid. And then we begin to justify ourselves and we begin to start condemning ourselves. And before you know it, you're in a ditch that nobody can get you out of. Let me tell you something. When the spirit of the Lord is upon you, whether you know it or you don't know it, what's going on? He's going to make a way for you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you are still digging for answers of certain things that people did for you. Let me tell you something. Leave it alone. Don't go there. Leave it alone. Sometimes it's better not to know what other people did or are doing to you right now. It's better to leave it alone. Because sooner or later, God will reveal it in his time. And it will be in his perfect time. Why? Because if he revealed it to you right now, in the state of mind that you're in, you'll lose it. You'll lose sight of everything. You'll give up. You'll be like, oh, that's it. I'm going postal. I'm going clubbing this weekend. And you forget that there's a pandemic. The bars are closed. And you're the first one out there looking like a clown. Trying to go into the club. Club shut down. They don't even want holy people in there. Amen. So what is God saying to the children of today? He's saying it is time for you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and teach you all the things that I have for you. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and teach you, you're always going to end up nowhere. I really mean that. I try that in more ways than one. I, I, I have tried to figure out what God had for me. I tried to do it my way. I tried to convince myself that there's another way, that there's a best way. And all roads lead nowhere. But one of the things that I love about God is that when you allow him to be him, he delivers you from your own ignorance. Amen. From your own ignorance. What happens when you're ignorant to certain things? It brings frustration, right? It's like, it, it goes back to that saying, man, if I would have known, I would have done it this way. If somebody would have showed me. But all through all of that, through all of that, at one point or another, you had the opportunity to ask for help. But you didn't ask for help. And now you're, you're in trouble. Now you're self-condemning yourself. And you're regretting the opportunities that you had. But guess what? You made a mistake, but you can lift yourself up again. Amen. It is very important that you keep that in your mind, especially in the days of trouble. Now understand when the Holy Spirit begins to work with you, he works with you in a unique way that you can't even explain it. Have you ever tried to explain how God is working with you to someone and they're looking at you like, uh, -huh, for real? He didn't tell me to do that because it wasn't for you. It's like me. I, I, I marry a prophet. Wake up in the middle of the night, she's slapping oil on my face. Like, you cooking? I ain't cooking. There's an attack of the enemy and it's coming to this house. You need to wake up and pray with me. Oh, okay, hallelujah, let's pray. Radical in that way. But let me tell you something. That's a praying warrior woman. I'll take her any day. Over somebody that wants, all they do is want to sleep and, and, and not even think about the spiritual war that we deal with. Amen? So the Holy Spirit will work with you accordingly. Look at the person next to you and say, leave me alone. The Holy Spirit got this. He knows what's up. He knows how to deal with me. He's dealing with me right now. 
Because I'm sitting next to you. And I don't want to be next to you. (laughs) Come on, give God a round of applause. John chapter 7 verse 24 says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judging. Understand that when the Holy Spirit becomes a part of you, He gives you discernment. Now that discernment is righteous judging. That you can see behind the veil. You know like those ladies with those moños that go to those Pentecostal churches that you can't mess around with. You know what I'm saying? That they, they spend like 10 hours praying in the spirit and one hour in the scripture. And they walk next to you and you praying to God for God not to use them. Because they'll rough your feathers. They'll bring you to the altar and say, Habla, habla, habla. I see these and say, Yo, the Lord says like this. You know when they say the Lord says like this, you in trouble. Well, what do we have today? Pastors, lukewarm, God understands, God loves you, keep sinning, keep adultery, keep fornicating, it's all good, you're saved under the grace car. That's a lie from the devil. That's a doctrine of demons. You're looking at the Satanist people, you should be looking at the words that's coming out of the pulpit. Because your enemy could be in the pulpit, you don't even know that. You see, you're getting from me whatever you allow me to transfer to you. And if I'm not giving you anything good, then why are you following me? Now, don't say that I'm crazy. You crazy. It's like my mom. My mom used to say it all the time. She used to be like, how is it possible that Jim Jones let those people into the middle of the jungle in Guyana, 900 of them, and killed them all? That guy was crazy. I said he wasn't crazy. They were crazy for following him. They approved of his behavior. They approved of that spirit because they couldn't discern. Why? Because they cut off God and accepted man. And some of you love the pastor more than God. You see me driving up and you get holy. As soon as I drive away, you get gangster. Thugging it out. Ratchet. Hood. Hillbillion. Don't be afraid of me. Be afraid of God. He, he sees how you're acting. One day I, I came home and I couldn't find what I was looking for and I was going to start a fan. The Lord said, you better be careful, son. Because I'm watching you. I changed my tone for the quickness. And sometimes you can't say when you're mad, just grit. Do you know where my stuff is? You know, because you don't want to go postal, especially when people touch your stuff and you're looking for it. You, you know that feeling when you walk home and your things are moved and you get upset? Sometimes it's grit, amen, before you say something out of character. Now, according to the way that we're supposed to judge righteously through the Bible is that spiritual things are understood by spiritual standards. It's defined by the Bible, not by the way you define things. So in order for you to judge righteously and correctly and discern what's going on, you got to know this. Isn't it funny that you see somebody with a suit and you automatically assume that they're going to be a pastor? Ain't that something? 
Oh, she's a praying woman because her, her, her falda is long. And her children are like, that's the devil. That ain't no praying woman. That's a witch. Oh, that man looked like a pastor. No, he a pimp. Only if you knew, he'd be trickering me and everybody around me. You see, we make assumptions based on appearance. God sees the heart. If, if, if you're having a conversation with someone, and it's an important conversation, and it's divine and orchestrated by the Spirit, and you notice that the person is looking around and they're not concentrating on what you're saying, there's something there. And you have to discern because you have to save your brother or your sister from themselves. You're not sitting there like Judge Judy trying to deliver a verdict when you as guilty as they are. You see, we want rain and fire to brimstone and tone to come to our enemies, but we deserve that in more ways than one. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the way God dealt with us, can God, God deal with our enemies that same way? Sure, why not? God, have your way. So instead of flipping the finger at everybody that flips you the finger, flip them the cross. They might look at you like you're stupid, but you ain't stupid. You're blessing them. Are, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember a few years ago, I was coming around the corner, and I, I guess I wasn't paying attention to the traffic lights or whatever, and this guy came next to me and said, Hey, you, mother, and I said, bless you. And he said, what you said? I said, bless you. He looked at me dumbfounded. He didn't know what to say. I reversed the curse. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. Because one day you're going to be eating your own words. Maybe that person that's being rude to you at work is probably going through a crisis at home that you're not aware of. You'd be surprised how many people around you are dealing with a situation that's getting the best of them, that they're losing sight of who they are and they're coming at you, but it's not towards you. It's because something inside is bothering them that they don't have no other way how to let it out by lashing out. And sometimes we're so ignorant and we give in to that instead of being peacemakers. The Bible has called us to be peacemakers. You got to confuse your enemies. You know when you see them coming around the corner, they're coming, they're coming at you crispy, tight, tight, tight as a wedgie. They just tight. You, you keep playing that piano. This service is rated R. You know what's the rated R? Only for religious. <laughs> a little sense of humor in the house of God, man. Give God a round of applause. <laughs> Righteous judging begins with yourself. God, look at yourself in the mirror and say, God, what is it of me that you don't like? Begin judging yourself instead of judging others. Forget about what Joel Austin and Stephen uh, Heretic Furtick is doing and John Baloney Gray is doing. Forget about all of that nonsense. Because the Bible says that there will come a time where the wheat and the tear, the wheat and the tear will grow together. 
You get what I'm saying? Forget about what other ministries and ministers are doing. Some of the things that they're doing are not biblical. Some of the things are doctrines of demons. That's between them and God. You just pray that God will have his way. But meanwhile, focus on you. If you focus on you, you will not focus on other things that you don't need to focus on. You move into a neighborhood, like some people, they move into the neighborhood, they complain, why they cutting the grass so much? Why they got a frog in their lawn? Why they got this? You got your own lawn. Worry about your lawn. Worry about your tacky decorations, because as tacky as you think their decorations are, they're looking at you like, what the heck is wrong with them? And you looking at them, what the heck is wrong with you? Instead of being a peacemaker and loving your neighbors and sharing them the, the, the love of Christ. And maybe when you share the real love of Christ, it'll come inside of them that all of that tackiness. You will see it one day leaving in the curbside in a tax sale or even a giveaway sale. You know, some things are just tacky. You just give them away. You don't even sell them. Because you know nobody ain't going to buy that. What you were thinking anyways. Amen. <laughs> what were you thinking? Like my mom, when she shows me those pictures back in the 80s where they spent like a whole can of hairspray just to get that little ube, like little, looking like, like Chica del Kong and stuff. Like, ew, you look like, like one of the women from the caves or something. She's like, that was, that, that was my year. That was my thing. That was me. Chaka, chaka, chaka. I'm like, I don't know nothing about that. And then she said, how you, th- how you think you got here? <laughs> hey, hey. When I met your daddy, he had two air fresheners, one of Jesus and two Dices. <laughs> Jeremiah teaches us that the attitude that we carry today comes from our heart. It's a reflection of our heart. And sometimes it's because we have error inside of us. The church of today should be looking at ways To become better. And how do you become better? When you go to the origins of the word of God. It is time for you to not look at yourself as only a tree. But to see the roots that are under that tree. Your roots. You see, there there are trees that, that look beautiful from the outside. But when the storm comes, especially here in the city of Springfield. Did you see those trees, how they were uprooted? Did you look at the roots? There were none. You were like, oh my God. That tree was standing all along. And a little wind came by and knocked it right out of the roots. But there were really no roots because if there were roots in there, that tree would have last the blow. And some of you cannot last one battle or one fight because you have no roots. You have no roots. 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 It is important that you nurture yourself with the word of God. It it is important that when I'm speaking, you open up your Bible. Because whatever I'm saying has to match this word. If it's not matching this word, get up and leave. A lot of you are saying, amen, amen, amen. You don't even know what the pastor's talking about. Just because it sounds good and it feels good doesn't mean it's good. The reason why I say that is because I put myself... On the highest that every time that I'm seeking God's face, I'm also taking out time to study him for who he is. Yesterday, me and my wife, we were cleaning the house and I had to take out my arsenal because as you all know, I, I, I moved to a new location. I've been there. It's been four months and I have boxes of books. I'm talking about books. Not, not those books that some of y'all read, How to Become a Better You, 
and how to become a millionaire and how to look pretty and how to look sexy and how to take an Instagram picture that I would have a thousand. No, no, none of that nonsense. You know what kind of books I read? How to confront the spirit of Jezebel. How to clean your house. How to rebuke your past and your man. Books that hit the core, they, they go right through the inner man. Books that elevate you in the spiritual realm so when you face a real carnal world, you're not punked out of action or you're not a spiritual punk like most people are today. That the moment that, that, the, that God reveals to them through the Holy Spirit that they're going to go through the desert, they begin to cry. Not knowing that the desert Produces many things. And one of the things that the desert does, it produces character. You see, the only way that you can test someone is actually by putting them up to the test. Stop taking recommendations from people and start testing people. Stop calling people and saying, yo, you, you, you think this person is for me? Maybe do some spiritual, spiritual soul searching. And the Lord will show you if that person is for you or not. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Get into the deep. Amen? Your attitude is a direct reflection of your heart. Be careful. Overnight, you can become your worst enemy. Overnight. You could, you could be on, on the train right now. You, you could be tugging along. You could be fighting. And all of a sudden, you just derail. It is very important that you understand that the issue that you're currently dealing with has to do with the inner man. Amen? In order for your prayers to be effective, in order for your lifestyle to reflect it, in order for your behaviors to be behaviors of God, in order for your attitude to be an attitude of God, you must inner heal yourself and come to a place of understanding that the issue is with the inner you and not the outer you. Now, you can change the out of you all you want. I know some of you were praying, Pastor, I'm praying for the beauty salon to open because I don't want you to see my grace. I don't want nobody to see my grace. Grays or no grays, blonde, blue, whatever the color you want, want to color yourself or whatever you want to dye yourself, whatever. At the end of the day, the real you will always surface. Will always come to surface. And it normally happens in your days of trouble. Now understand, trouble will come to all of us. It's how do we react to it. And if we fail to address this, we will self-destruct. We will self-destruct. Because sooner or later, before you know it, your kryptonite is around the corner. The Bible teaches us that we are not superhuman beings. The Bible does teach us that we are in a flesh and we are to fight against the things of the flesh for the things of God. Amen? God is so good. Let us address the inner man that's inside us. In other words, stop lying to yourself. The more you lie to yourself, the more you kill yourself. Give it to me. You know, when you sit down with people... And they're trying to tell you something. I'm old school. Get to the point. Some of you are old school like that. 
Some are not. Some like all that drama. It's like when you watch those reality shows that they're getting to the good part and they'll be like, next week. You mean to tell me that I waited 30 minutes to see JoJo break up with Coco and I have to wait until next week? You see, I'm from old school. My mom used to watch novelas, soap operas. And they used to give it to you straight up. That whole hour full of action, straight to the point. They give you 30 minutes of junk just to get to the point. And then they call that reality. You know what reality is? Flip the camera to the audience. And let the audience tell you how they feel about your show. And then we'll have a real show. Amen? Repentance is more than just saying sorry. I know many of you look at the word repent or repentance and you say, I already said sorry. I already forgave them. But in reality, it's more than that. The Bible uh, tells it that it's a 180, a radical turn from one way of life to another. Praying for forgiveness is the first indication that you're on your way to true repentance. Now, people don't believe you because you don't believe yourself. It's not sincere. They can tell and feel that you're going to do it again. Because it didn't come from a place where it needed to come. It came from mouth, from lip work. It didn't come from heart work. And many people today have mis, been misled believing that they have truly repented when in reality they have not truly repented because when you repent, you stop doing it. Period. You feel me? Are you hearing me, church? Now many of you are saying, Pastor, that's easier said than done. I have tried many more ways than what I even tried this morning. Look at where I'm at. Yes, you're trying... But you have yet to accept it. If you accept it for what it is, you're on your way to delivery, deliverance. Amen? So the first sign that someone should always keep in mind is you being responsible to recognize your wrongdoing. That is the first sign towards repentance. Write that down. And I'm going to repeat it again. The responsibility... Of you recognizing that you did it wrong. In other words, in layman's term, you messed up. I messed up. If you don't recognize it, you can never be delivered from it. I can talk to you until I'm blue in the face. I can spend hours here with you. I can place my hand upon you. I can lay oil upon you. I can lay a word upon you. But I guarantee you 48 hours, you jump back into the vicious cycle. Get tired of that. Get tired of that. We were on our way here to church. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. On our way here to church, and people already smoking a blunt. That's how you start your August 16 of 2020, you started off with a blunt. Wow, your future is bright. You see, you can tell them 
everything you want to tell them, but until they don't recognize, they're never going to get it. So we need to do ourselves a favor. We need to recognize our sins first. God, I'm sorry for the times that you called me in the middle of the night and I didn't wake up. When you called the fast and, 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 and I made an excuse for us. When I was supposed to be in church, but I was hanging with Paco and, and Maria. And God, uh, forgive me if your name is Maria. That's the only name that comes to my mind. Uh, I try to make up names so that way I don't get sued or get jumped in the parking lot. Um, Chaka Changa. When you were with Chaka Changa. <laughs> Can somebody make me a list of names that I haven't been down so that way I can use them to illustrate a story without getting in trouble? Forgive me if your name is Maria, Jolanda, Melly, whatever. Amen. I am not talking about you. I'm just talking about you know what. Amen. Number two, regret. The way that you respond to repentance is by you regretting what you did to show remorse. You see, when I was coming up and I did something to one of the girls, if I messed up and I was seeing her friend, whatever the case might, they'll be like, don't worry, my brother's going to go see you. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. And, and, and for some strange reason, their brothers had names that didn't define who they were. Like, I'm going to have my brother Little come after you. And Little was about 6'5". 250 pounds, all-star in the, in, in, in the school, in wrestling and in football. And, and that's who you, oh, I show remorse. But today, people don't show remorse. People say they're sorry and, and take it however you want to take it. That's not remorse. That's not feeling sorry. That's being prideful. Am I right or wrong? And, and, and that's the attitude that we have towards God. Okay, God, you know, I already said I'm sorry. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? And God is saying, you're not truly sorry because if you were sorry, you would have felt remorse. You're not sorry. You're just angry and mad and bitter because you got caught. That's a big difference. How many of you used to watch that reality show called Cheaters? They will follow them for weeks and they'll videotape them. And all of a sudden, they break in the scene. Boom! And they go, oh man. Oh, what's going on? Oh, it was her fault. You know, I was cleaning and. <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam comes into the scene. It was that woman you gave me. You know, she. she and they're like, for real, we've been following you for weeks. How you go pick her up, how you interact, how you bring the conversation, how you, it's all about you. Now all of a sudden, you, 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 you have a, a loss of memory and you're saying that, you see, some people when they get caught, they get angry, they get bitter, they start blaming others instead of owning up to it and say, I, I, I messed up. You see, when you truly repent, you feel remorse. You get what I'm saying? You, you feel the person's pain, in other words. You'd be like, Dag, that's messed up. If that was me, I know, I know exactly how they feel. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you take it under consideration. You know, the older I get, the more I see glitches of my mom. 
come to fruition in my life every time I, I, I find myself in a situation. I, I remember her, her voice, I told you. And I remember when she used to tell me this clearly, especially when she got to a point where she couldn't hit me because I was like a ninja. You know, that's when Shinobi came out. You know, I, you know, if you old school, you remember those old box spring mattresses that had the springs under it? You know, not like the new ones. So if she tried to grab the broomstick and go underneath the bed, you go, whoop. You pull yourself up and you be there all day and to the point that she got tired and she wouldn't chase you anymore. It got to a point that she said, I ain't going to beat it out of you anymore. I'm going to chase after you. One day, you're going to be a father. And everything you've done to me, they will do to you. Oh, she's making me dance like Michael Jackson nowadays. I got physical children and I have spiritual children. <laughs> so every time one of my spiritual children acts up, I hear my mom, Dad, all the. <laughs> For my English audience, I told you. One day. <laughs> Number three. Resolve. You must be committed never to repeat the act regardless of the temptation or the situation. You resolve it. God, I want to resolve this. I want to get right with you. I don't need you to speak to me the same message for 42 days. 42 hours, 42 minutes, 42 seconds. Many people always ask me, Pastor, why do you preach these messages? Let me tell you, it is the only message that God keeps giving me. Now, I know sometimes we look at messages like this and we say, what are we doing wrong? And you might not be doing something wrong, but it's always good to remind yourself of the wrong things. Don't be foolish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remind yourself. Program your mind all the time. You know, when I was a little kid, my mom used to leave around in, in, in the dressers, on the kitchen cabinets, all over the floor, or, or, or on the couches, these uh, nail filers. But the ones from back then were metal. You remember those metal ones? Right? Carmen, can you help me out? You remember those metal ones, those long ones? <laughs> and, 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 and I was a travieso. I, I was a bad one, okay? And I always used to like to explore with her stuff. I always used to like to mess with her stuff. Like I will put salt where the sugar goes. I'm the only one? I was the one when my mom used to make those little cakes. You remember the little cakes? And she'd be like, let nobody touch them. I'd be like... You, you remember that? Oh, okay. You know? Or she tells you, save some for your brothers and your sisters, and you eat. I was one of those. You know? I was one of those, because back then, we didn't have the option like we have today, three, six hundred channels. We only had like four channels. If they work, and you will have to get up and, you know that big TV? Christina, can you help me? Please, you remember that big TV? You know, now you speak to the TV. These kids, oh man, you don't know nothing. You don't know what it is to stand straight. 
while you try to fix what you call an antenna that's really not an antenna. It's a clothes hanger with some aluminum foil. Can somebody help me? There was no rewind. There was no fast forward. There was none of that. Either you saw it or you missed it. That's how it was. Amen. You had to have a good DVR up here. This was the DVR. So I took the, the nail filer, and one day I, I looked at an outlet, and I stuck it in there. Man, my Jerry Curl juice. You know, because I was greasy. I was one of them greasy brothers, you know what I'm saying? I was in the time of Prince. I was in the era of Prince. You know, your parents used to send you to school, you look like Prince. <laughs> or like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Remember when we used to argue when we were a kid who was better, Michael Jackson or Prince? Am I the only one? I'm by myself up here. Dave, can you help a brother out? A <laughs> uh, hair gel evaporated, Amen. And man, when I stuck that thing in there, that thing sat me back and the whole thing turned into smoke. And the whole wall, literally, it creased up in a burn like, and it just happened that my mom was walking by. And she said, you see, because your parents could smell sin from a mile away. The parents of today, oh, they're in the room, they're not doing nothing. They're not doing, they're just friends. And all of a sudden, three weeks later, the baby, she comes out with a belly. Oh, where did that come from? From your own? From your own? Where do you think it came from? You see, my mom didn't play that. <laughs> my mom, yo, she was like, she used to smell sin from a mile away. And anyway, she was like, it smells. And I'm shocked in the corner, just trembling. <laughs> Mom, it don't smell. Oh, yes, it is. Move out the way. I don't know how many voltages went through me, but I was literally like that. I'm not lying. I was literally shaking like that. I, I was shaking, and I wasn't shaking of the electricity. I was shaking because the beatdown was coming. And in, in my times of trouble... That's when I used to yield to God. And now that I'm an adult, I don't yield to God. It's like the lessons of life haven't taught us anything. And Jeremiah, for 42 years, he's preaching to these people and he's telling them, listen, repent. God has a better way for you. But they have no remorse. And that's the problem with many people today. They don't have any remorse and they definitely don't want to resolve anything. They want to leave everything to tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to you. Now, if you old school, you remember this saying. It happened today. We deal with it today. I grew up on the south end of Springfield. And man, we were bad kids. We used to rob the limber lady. The icy lady. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. We used to go over there with Canadian quarters and nickels <laughs> that they gave us in school so that we can practice how to 
do money because they couldn't give us real money because we took the real money. We were hustlers before the word hustler came into existence. You hear these little punks walking around the mall. I'm a hustler. Man, you don't know nothing about hustling. We used to hustle. We used to sell water to the well. Jessica over there laughing because she knows. Anyways, and I remember when we robbed the lady, not literally robbed her, we told her that we were going to pay her back. And we didn't pay her back. And I guess she got on it into the, the second cup of limber she gave us. Because there was no such thing as this long credit, like six cups later, I'm going to send the, the creditors after you. No, the second cup. Fool me once. Fool me twice. Doña Carmen will knock at my mother's house. Erica's laughing because she was a thief too. <laughs> Repent. And my mother will re-emphasize what the other adult was telling them. We're living in a generation today that you tell a kid something and the parent will tell you, don't talk to my son like that. Don't talk to my daughter like that. It happened to me not so long ago. I was in the supermarket. This kid was acting up. You could tell the mom didn't know she was losing her mind. She didn't know how to deal with the kid. And I said, hey, little man. Hey, hey. You know, inside of me, I wanted to say something else. So if I say, hey, you know, I'm coming at you in a nice way, you know. But I normally don't want to say, hey, I want to say something else. I said, little man, come on, man. Don't. Your mom, you know, behave, you know, your mom. She turned around and looked at me and said, don't you talk to my son. I didn't tell Pastor Millie because I, I, I wasn't about to put some... I already saw the scene. I got to put up the house as a bond to get her out of the jail. Then I had to explain to each and every one of you how a character is all about. And I'm here on the news talking about, oh, here goes Pastor Jose, locked up. I knew he was no good. I knew them white pants and that nice... I'm just talking about my outfit right now. But I'm just saying, you know, I knew it was too good to be true. They, didn't re they resolved issues. We don't resolve issues today. It's a small group of people that still do that. That's why I thank all the mothers of this house, Christina, Erica, Pastor Millie, Jolanda, all of you mothers. Y'all don't tolerate no nonsense. I love y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you, Sister Evelyn. God bless y'all. Because y'all don't tolerate any nonsense. And I could tell by the way you address your kids that you don't tolerate any nonsense. Because when a complaint comes up and I tell you, you'll be like, I got you, Pastor. Don't worry. I'll take care of that. You don't even argue with me. But the people of today will argue even though the child's wrong. And then we expect for our children to be better than us. They're going to be worse than us. That's why God is leading us here. Because the children of America, our children, are going to deal with that destruction if we don't confront it. God is saying to us, we need to deal with it in order for I, Jehovah Jireh, save your generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number four, and I'm going to be closing. Repair. In other words, apologize and earn your trust. Learn to apologize. When you did something wrong, hey, I'm sorry. I apologize. 
when you apologize and you forgive someone, you set yourself free from God's judgment. God can't judge someone that you want him to judge when you have not made amends yet. There's nothing wrong with apologizing. There's nothing wrong with that. But let it be truthful. Be like, yo, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And let time take its course and let time heal. They're going to respect you one day. They're going to trust you. But if you think it's going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen overnight. That's why it's very important that you yourself as an individual understand that there's a time for everything. Some of you ask for an apology. The apology is given to you. And then all of a sudden, you want that to be that person's life. That every time they see you, you have to apologize to you. Brother, I apologize to you once. I ain't your slave. If you don't want to let it go, then so be it. That's on you, not on me. Some of you are slaves to the enemy, believing that lie, constantly apologizing to the same people over and over and over again. Every time you see them, you feel guilty. You know why? Because now spiritual witchcraft is taking place. Now you're being deceived. I asked you for forgiveness one. You didn't want to receive it. That's fine. That's on you. I'm not going to live my life apologizing or feeling bad all the time. I I know I messed up, but let's go. It's time to move on. Let's go to the next episode. But some of you are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so- For real? And the devil laughing. I apologize. See, when we were kids and, and that happened, and people brought that up, I said, we said it the other day. My mom was there. Um, Pookie was there. Tuki was there. Everybody was there. Did it, wh- wh- you didn't get it? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that God your Lord is a good God. The faithful God who keeps his covenant steadfast loves those who love him and keep his commandment up to a thousand generations. Failure to repent will lead to destruction. You won the argument, but you lost the child. You were right, but everything went down. Just because you're right doesn't give you the right to hold someone else accountable and not yourself. We all play a role. Whether you messed up or I messed up, We all have to own up to it. And I'm being open. Me and my wife, a few days ago, uh, about a week ago, encounter a family crisis out of the blue, out of the left field. And one of the things that I keep kept reassuring my wife was like, don't worry. God keeps record of what we have done. Regardless if others don't. And we kept feeding that to each other. And then we receive a word from God in confirmation. It'll be foolish of us to stay in the trap of the devil, hoping one day that the devil himself is going to release us from his prison. 
That's not going to happen. There's a story of a spider. She built a web. And she saw this foolish fly flying around. The fly was flying and the, and the spider said, Hey! Bahapaka, come down here. Come to my casa. Mi casa es tu casa. I, I, I assume the spider was Spanish. And she built a whole a huge web. And, and, and the fly was just flying. Cruising. Cruising the fly. And the fly began to listen to the spider and to the spider convince her to come to her web. And she finally got to the web and she couldn't fly anymore. And the spider says, now it's time to eat. And the spider devoured the fly. The devil has been playing with a lot of y'all and building a spider web. And y'all just flying and God's blessings and God's mercy, y'all forgot about the spiritual aspect of spiritual warfare, how to get up in the morning and pray for your children and pray for your husband and pray for your wife. No, because you're living in the, the Joel Austin, I feel good every day is Friday. Let me tell you something, not every day is Friday because God created all days to have its unique day. And if you believe that every day is Friday, you are definitely going to miss out the rapture. Because the rapture could happen any second, any minute. For those who are watching us, God bless you. We love you. We ask you to tune in again to our program here at the Resurrection Center. We are located on 1060 Worcester Street, Springfield, Massachusetts, in Indian Orchard. We're on all social media websites and all platforms at TRC413. And you can log in on our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org. May God bless you. I'm Pastor Jose Martinez. Those who are here, I can't share this information live, but I'm going to share it with you guys. I don't want to cause any panic. This pandemic that we're currently